Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Today we're going to talk about great white sharks. I've been trying to get Chip Michael Love from Outcast Sport Fishing and Taylor Horton on the podcast for years. We finally have him on. Get ready for an awesome show. Of swimming out there. And how many times have I reeled in a black tip or a tarpon or a king and, and a big shark comes up and smokes it right next to the boat? Even a 100 pound black tip getting smoked, that's the size of a person. When you get out there and experience it, it's, it's, it's unlike anything else. When you're chasing fish and, and you're out there in God's creation, it's just sometimes you can't put it into words. I'm Chip with Outcast Sport Fishing. I'm Taylor with Salt Creek Outfitters, and this is the Tom Rowland Podcast. Chip, Taylor, man, I'm so excited to have you guys on the show. I've been really wanting to, to do this, and uh, luckily uh, for me, uh, we have a little bit of bad weather that, that puts Chip off the water and, um, and, and gives us the opportunity to do this. So I thank you for doing that on your day off. I know this is your super busy season, the equivalent of our tarpon season in the Florida Keys. But just so, just so everybody knows, Chip has outcast sport fishing out of Hilton Head, South Carolina, and it's one of my favorite uh, social media followings uh, because I, I think what he does is really cool. He catches giant sharks. And one of those sharks that he catches regularly are great whites. And Taylor has done a documentary type uh, film on Chip and what he's doing and also on the great white sharks. And um, it's really, really beautiful. Um, Taylor, where can people find that film? Uh, if you go to YouTube and type in Passion Led Me Here, uh, that's the first documentary we did several years back. And the one that we recently released about Chip is called Ocean's In. Um, you can find both of those on YouTube. Um, you can also go to our Instagram accounts and probably, you know, you find it there as well. Uh, mine is uh, Outcast Sport Fishing with the, uh, what is that, the underscore, the little line underneath Outcast Sport Fishing. And, uh, but I think the documentaries are more on his page, on his YouTube page. I, I think we um, put it on his and he does all the editing and all the hard work, so I mean, he needs to get the, the he needs to get the clicks and all the views. So they're on yeah. what is it, Salt Creek Films or Salt Creek Outfitters? That YouTube page. Yeah, if you do the at the at sign Salt Creek Outfitters or at Salt Creek Films, you can find it on either page. We're going to get into the whole story of what you guys do and everything else. But one of the fun things that we started doing on podcast just to kind of get to know the guests a little bit better uh, for me to get to know you guys a little bit better. And certainly for the audience to get to know you guys a little bit better is uh, what we're calling the hot seat series of uh, either or questions. Chip, you answer first, Taylor, you answer second, and then I'll move on to the next question. So we'll see how many we can get through. So you guys ready to go for the hot seat? Let's do it. All right. Sunrise or sunset? Sunset. Taylor? Sunrise. <laughs> Coffee, tea, or energy drink? Uh, tea. Definitely coffee. <laughs> so far, you guys are really on the same page. Cats <laughs> or dogs? 
Oh, dogs, definitely. <laughs> I, I'm thinking sports, but no, definitely dogs. Dogs. I, I think they should send every cat to Mars. Okay. Great white, <laughs> hammerhead, or tiger? Oh, there's no question. Great white shark, king. That's the king. Great whites. Okay. Android or iPhone? iPhone, no doubt. iPhone. Get the airdrop. Okay. What tech, uh, with that saying, what tech device do you rely on the most every day? Um, my phone, my phone. Yeah. Pictures, uh, the video, the contacts, all the custom. Yeah. The phone is definitely number one by far. Taylor. Yeah. And I'd probably have to say my phone too. I check my emails a lot on there and, um, whether I want to admit it or not, I'm constantly, I, I feel like I got to look at it every so often. So <laughs> we're, we're um, all addicted. We're all addicted. All right. Coke or Pepsi. Coke, definitely. Vanilla Coke is the best, man. It's by far. <laughs> yeah, I, I'd also agree with Coca-Cola. I love Cherry okay. Coke. Winter Olympics or Summer Olympics? Summer Olympics. I'd probably say summer, too. Okay. Football or basketball? Gosh, all right. Uh, <laughs> college is, is definitely the best. Um, I'm a college basketball fan. So I got to go with – it's hard to go against football, especially this time of year, but, yeah, I'm, I follow the basketball a little more. I, I had a feeling Chip was going to say basketball. He's he's one of the most loyal Kentucky Wildcats fans <laughs> I've ever met in my life. He is hardcore. <laughs> he bleeds blue. Um, All right. I'd Not have, healthy. I, I definitely you, football. I, lo I love – I'm glad it's football season and uh, – I, I enjoy watching football a lot. All right. If you had one superpower, what would it be? Oh, man. Gosh, this is a good one. Um, well, I think it's – I mean, live forever is pretty nice, but, uh, you know, <laughs> or I feel like with all my aching bones and pulled muscles these days, I feel – oh, gosh, man, that's a hard one. How about um, – you know, I, how about being able to see through the water? I've thought so many times if I could damn Port Royal Sound to drain it to see what's in there, we would see the craziest stuff. So I think X-ray vision would be would be pretty nice. Okay, Taylor. Yeah, um, probably it's kind of similar to chips. Um, probably just to be able to figure out tarpon. I'm in the process of trying to figure. <laughs> they really make my head hurt sometimes, but yeah, I'm addicted. Um, just being able to figure out how to catch them more frequently. Yeah. You and you and me both. Uh, okay. Well that leads into the next one. Shark or tarpon? Uh, sharks, but tarpon is close. Mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's close, but yeah, for me, it's sharks. Yeah. You know, that's a hard one for me because I would have normally said redfish or tarpon or something like that. But until I met Chip, uh, when I first went out with him and saw a great white, it messed me up. And <laughs> I'd have to say great white. Okay. Breakfast, lunch, or dinner? Dinner. Dinner. Okay. Office, friends, or parks and rec? Office. I mean, man, Dwight is it. Dwight is the man. <laughs> There's no question. The office for sure. Okay. Mountains or beaches? Um, I tell you, I'm on the 
definitely yeah mountains for me i love going up to the mountains where there's no humidity it's cold it's a good getaway so yeah i like the mountains i'd say the beach okay shop local or amazon oh man that's a good one i'm, I'm supposed <laughs> to say local but gosh living in this area we don't yeah i'll go with local <laughs> go with that. local fly or drive drive without a doubt I, i'm not a flyer i'm scared to death so i, I definitely definitely drive I, I was thinking about going to colorado in a couple of weeks and i have some time off and i'm gonna drive i was looking it up it's 21 hours so yeah um, I think i'm gonna make the trek probably say fly okay yep. morning person or night owl night owl definitely i hate the mornings even this time of year definitely night mornings <laughs> Okay, and the last question. When it comes to sharks, would you rather be in the water or above the water? Oh, without above the water. I'm scared to death of the water. If the, tell everybody, if the boats sink, I will die of a heart attack before anybody comes and rescues us. And that, I'm not lying. Like, I'm literally scared to death of swimming out there. And how many times have I reeled in a black tip or a tarpon or a king and, and a big shark comes up and smokes it right next to the boat? Even a 100-pound black tip getting smoked? That's the size of a person. I'm sorry. I didn't I can keep rambling on, but there's no doubt. <laughs> definitely on top of the water. Yeah, definitely on top. Um, on top. like what Jim was saying, the black tips. I'm, I'm more scared of those than anything else. No kidding. Mm -hmm. In your area, that's the one that – I put that in there because I saw you, Taylor, uh, in some of the pictures, and you're in the water with a hooked great white. And, uh, or that's what it appears to be. Um, but I, I was kind of thinking that maybe you would have a difference of opinion of whether you wanted to be in the water or above the water, because a lot of charter fishermen, I know the more time they spend fishing, the less time they want to get in the water. And then there are these others that like both or, or, you know, prefer to be in the water rather than above the water. But I just kind of wonder where you, where you sat on that one, especially for, for what you guys are doing. I think when I look at the pictures, I think if I was in your shoes, I'd want to be above the water too. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that's, that's pretty cool. Well, for a lot of those uh, questions, you guys are, are on the same page, but on the others, you're, you're not. So uh, when, when you're not uh, on the same page, how do you, how do you guys get together uh, originally to uh, start doing these documentaries and, and start fishing together and hanging out and, and creating all the stuff that you've been able to do? Um, I, so I started catching these white sharks and, and uh, my footage was terrible. It, it was absolutely, it was, it was, my footage is, is, is pretty awful. And I don't know what, but I was clicking around through YouTube one night, looking at some videos and one of his popped up, said Salt Creek Films or Outfitters or Salt Creek something. And I clicked on it. And it was the most amazing video. And it was like a redfish. And it, I mean, which is nice, but it's not like, you know, it's not like we're catching. He's, it, the, the film was about anything really crazy. It was about a redfish. And, and it was wild. It's like he was slow motion, the, the drips coming off the chin and the music is playing. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like this is like an emotional video. And the footage is ridiculous. He's got the drone up with a boat going through the grass. And I'm like, man, this is the best video I've ever seen. And I looked it up. I'm like, man, he, he's definitely, definitely the best I've, I've seen. And I've watched a, you know, quite a few fishing videos. And then a week later, like out of the blue, he calls me up and says, hey, my name's Taylor. I'm with 
Salt Creek and I would love to do a documentary. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I was just watching your videos. And and I tell you, Tom, I'm really weird about who I take on these white shark trips. Like I, yeah. I, uh, I've had a, a lot of awesome opportunities to take some pretty cool people out, but I'm really weird on who I take because once you go with me once, the gig's up. You know exactly how to do it, where to go, and everything. And it can be duplicated in Georgia, Florida, North Carolina. And so once you go once, so I'm really weird on who I take. And so when Taylor called, he's like, well, hey, let's meet. And as soon as I said, come on down to the marina. And it was right when I met him, I was like, all right, this guy, I can trust this guy with my life. Like this guy is like, so <laughs> this guy's as trustworthy as it gets. And he was so adamant about, about gaining my trust. He, he, after, after I talked to him for about a week, he calls me back and he says, would you mind if I uh, signed a contract? I'd feel more confident if I signed a contract. That that way, when people ask me, I can say, I can't talk about it. I can't. And I was like, yeah, absolutely. So, you know, gave him a contract. He signs a, a non-disclosure. And um, man, and he, you know, and he's been uh, not only a great photographer, but he's a, he's a great deckhand on the boat. Going with me so many times, so many, so many years. He knows exactly now you know, what I want here and there. And it's, 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 uh, he's good. I can cut him loose on the boat to move this, move stuff around and drive the boat and leader fish. There's many times where I've had to put him on the rod and say, Hey, listen, my guy's too worn down. Let's, you know, and so Taylor's taken over a couple of times and, um, and then, you know, so when his documentary came out, yeah, it was, it, first of all, I could just rattle on and on about some of the work he's done. But, um, and then when the documentary came out, I was, you know, pretty nervous about it. Um, because I, I mean, you know, not every day I'm smiling. He's seen me at my worst when I'm mad as hell. We waited all day long for a fish. We finally hook up and we lose them and I'm mad as a hornet. And so when the documentary came out, I was thinking, all right, is he going to put some of that in? Is he going to, you know, you know, how's he going to make it look? And he bounced a couple of things off because there was a few things I didn't want in there that show, you know, a, a, a few, few of the tricks that I didn't want going out. So, but other than that, um, so yeah, he came over and I had a little uh, uh, gathering with uh, some neighbors and some people in it, and and uh, I was blown away, man. I mean, I tell you, it was it was it was he made me look too good. I'm not that <laughs> good. It, it was I was so impressed. I I mean, I was in tears through the whole thing, and and uh, it kind of the next few days I was just like kind of stagnant. It's like, what else can I do? This guy just made a documentary about me catching sharks, and it's. <laughs> It's crazy. It's it's way way much better than um, than I actually am. And then you know he wanted to do a, like a part two at Ocean's End. It's called Ocean's End, and that thing was crazy good too. And um, so yeah, he's been he's been a, a great asset to to uh, join me. And unfortunately, he can't come with me all the time because he's got a full time job. So he he now just joins us on maybe maybe half of them or 40 percent of the trips and. But it's always good to have him on the boat, and and because uh, now not only is he the photographer, but he's kind of a deckhand too. I can he oh. really helps me out. So it's I was gonna I was gonna ask who who is taking the photography. So you're also taking the photography and the video, Taylor. Yeah, um, but Chip he takes some some photo too. Don't let him fool you. He he gets a lot of good shots too. Um, but we work together to get them, and um, and yeah, yeah, we work as a team. That's so cool. It's so weird how things like that happen. Like Chip, like you were saying that you were looking at his at his uh, pictures, and then he calls you. That is that is. I can't tell you how many times that happens to me, but it is so weird when it does happen. And then, but I do think that it's like when that does happen, it's like 
something's telling you like this is this is your guy right here like you were you were interested in what what he was doing he at the same time he's researching what you're doing and he reaches out and and calls you that's that's kind of the way that I um I, I did with my uh, my photographer Jason Stemple I was looking for a photographer I was checking out his stuff at the same time he was checking out our stuff I call him it was almost the same story but <laughs> in reverse. Like I called him and I'm like, Hey, would you be interested in doing this? He's like, well, I was just watching the show just a little while ago. <laughs> so uh, it's, it's really cool. And that's turned into a 12 or 13 year relationship that, uh, you know, he's my guy. So I, I think, it, I think when that stuff happens, go with it. Yeah. Right. Like that's, it's, it's too many, too many weird things to, to, to be going on for it, not to mean something or I don't know, either way. And, and he's so, so good. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. That's all right. Chip, I wanted to, to, uh, to learn about how how you started doing this and how you caught your first great white. Oh man, how much time do we have? We it's got a, we got a long time. As right, much so as you want. I'll give you I'll give you the uh, the quick rundown. So I've always been obsessed with sharks, and and then I started running charters in my early twenties, and um, I was always obsessed though. And I started catching these these giants in Port Royal Sound, and um, I always wanted to catch a great white, even in high school when everybody said, we don't have great white sharks down here. So I just kept wanting to do it and wanting to do it. And, and I kept trying, but I wasn't putting that much effort into it. And then um, I started paying a little bit more attention to uh, people seeing them. And somebody spot, spotted one in North Carolina. I'll tell you, this is how bad I found a guy on the website, The Whole Truth. And he was talking about how he would catch them accidentally while fishing for dogfish. And, and Myrtle Beach or or, uh, or uh, North Carolina commercial gear. And I hunted down his number. I just called him out of the blue and said, hey, listen, I know this sounds crazy, but I'm trying to be the first person to ever catch one down here. And so he gave me some ideas, water temperature and the time of year. And then I just started trying a few different areas. And, and uh, you know, it's kind of funny, man. I, I, I had the same couple of guys that would go with me because nobody wanted to go fish for white sharks with me because we never caught any. We're chumming all day long and we didn't catch any. And uh, I was trying all sorts of different methods by trolling, drifting. I, I was doing all sorts of stuff um, and I was losing my mind. And I actually had an idea. I was getting close. I had I had one day, oh gosh, I don't know how much I could say on here without getting in trouble. But what I was doing was I was catching these big redfish in, in near shore. And then I was running them out. I was running them offshore and I was live baiting <laughs> Gosh, this is, I'm just kidding, DNR, right? I'm just doing this for a story. <laughs> but, but I was, uh, and, and there was one day I saw a huge wave coming right at it and my heart stopped and, and it never took it. Now, I don't know if it was a bluefin tuna or if it was a shark. I never saw anything. But at that point, I was like, all right, I think I'm getting close here. And, and then um, there was one day I thought maybe I saw a shadow swim under the boat. And, uh, but uh, so there were, and then there was one day on January 29th, I guess it'll be nine years ago. I went out, I was by myself and, uh, I had one, I was just talking to my dad and my dad was even like, question. he said, Chip, are you sure? You know, I think you're kind of wasting your time. You know, you're burning a lot of gas and you're, you're, you know, you, you, you could be doing other stuff. And what about t-shirt sales? And it's like, no dad, I just, this is one, so I want to do it. And if I get one, it's going to change everything. I mean, it's going it, to, it's all I need is one. And that day, man, I had one circle of the boat and I, and it was right after, I mean, right after him and I had this conversation and this thing circled on the boat and Tom, it scared me so bad that I, I, I didn't even, 
Like I blacked out a little bit. It freaked me out so bad just because nobody ever caught one down here. So it's no, as far as we know, all my knowledge came from Jaws. I mean, that's, right. I didn't, I could, there was nobody I could call and ask. You know, Frank Mundus caught a lot of great whites um, back in the seventies, and um, but he he passed away. So there's nobody I can call. There was a guy in Australia that was real good. I, he passed. So it was. Um, as far as I know, it's Jaws. This thing's going to jump in the boat and sink me. And, and by the way, man, we catch some tigers here that are 15, 16, 1700 pounds. And I've never seen a shark so big where it could eat any tiger shark that I've ever caught. So this thing is swimming around the boat and I'm like, oh my gosh, it's too big. And immediately I think about grabbing my, my knife, running to the front. And I'm like, I'm going to cut the anchor and get out of here. This thing's too big. This thing could take a motor off my boat. This thing could take my boat down any second. How, and, how big do you think how big do you think we're talking? You know, this is where it's kind of, I, I don't remember it very well because it blacked out. I, I blacked out. Like, I know it was enormous. So over 2,000 pounds. I mean, it was, it was, it was big. How many feet would that be? It was, it was definitely over 15. And, and you know, a white shark is more wide than it is long. Like the length of it is always cool, but it, the, the width of these sharks are completely different than a bull or a tiger or anything like that. So when it's circling the boat and I'm thinking, I need to get out of here. And then, you know, I was like, you know what? I've waited all my life for this. I've talked about it since high school. And I took a, uh, I took my bait and pit pitched it in over the side and he didn't want it. He was circling. He was more interested in the boat and he <laughs> just kept circling and circling. And I jigged it. I just kind of popped the bait there and he just came up and inhaled it and swam under and came up the other side about 30 yards away. And his dorsal fin came up and the fin, and he's just sitting there chomping on it. And I'm looking, I'm like, I, I I cannot believe I'm looking at a white shark right now. Like, I cannot believe this is happening. There's nobody here. There's no cameras. Nobody's going to believe me. And then I was like, okay, get ready. And I tightened up, set it, and it just smoked it. Put it in the rod holder, throw the anchor ball, throw it in reverse. And I'm screaming. I mean, I'm in full, like like those people that go crazy in church with the tongues. Like, blah, 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 blah. you know, I was going nuts. And, um, I chase, you know, I'm chasing that thing all day. I called a couple of friends to come help me. Nobody even believed me when I called. And, uh, and so, uh, so I fight that thing into the night and I lost it. And, um, man, it was like winning the lottery, but also like losing the ticket at the same time. And (laughs) it was so deflating and, and, uh, it freaked me out really bad. And I'll tell you, Tom, one of the scariest moments was when I went back to pick up my anchor ball. Because the old question of whether they're here or not, they're here. And when I reached over for that anchor ball thinking, what just happened here a few hours ago? Oh, my gosh. Because you, you got to think my, my mentality is is still Jaws. Uh, nobody knows anything about these guys here. So um, so I was I was scared to death reaching down and getting the anchor ball. I got the anchor going. And, um, and uh, I was scared to death, man. I was thinking I'll never go out there by myself again. And. Um, three days later, my best friend, uh, Brian Walsh and Pavel, I've known for years and years. They said, let's go, let's go back out there. Let's go, let's go. I said, let's do it. And, and, uh, I was like, man, I can't eat. I, I can't sleep. I'm having nightmares. This is really sh- shaking me up. Like I'm, I'm, this is really bothering me. And so, so they say, let's go, let's go. So three days later we go, it's Super Bowl Sunday. The whole world's watching the Super Bowl and we're out there and, and we're not on a rack. We're not, we're not close. To, and, and we put, you know, a couple lines out and they say, can we go somewhere and leave? Let's catch, uh, at least catch some sea bass or some snapper or, or something. 
And I was like, nope, you guys want to see a white shark? We're staying right here. And I didn't think it was going to happen again. And lo and behold, it happened again. And this thing takes the bait and it's huge. It's, it's even larger than the one before. And we fought that thing till like 11 o'clock at night. And uh, I didn't have, right, have the right tackle. Anyway, we fight this thing all night. We're in an ocean by ourselves because nobody, it's Super Bowl. Nobody's out there on the ocean in the middle of the night, especially in the winter. And I lost that one too. And I'll never forget. I threw down my hat. I was so mad. And my, my buddy Brian looks at me and he goes, don't be mad. You figured it out. You got it. Now you just got to figure out how you're going to stop one of these things. And so, uh, so then it all started. So, and actually Tom, I was over three before I landed my first one. So um, I lost my first three. And then finally on the fourth one, we landed it. I landed it with my buddy Pavel on the boat. And just a quick story. This is great. You know, there's no better motivation when somebody, when people don't believe you. And this is, this is what really, I took pictures of that white shark and really, actually really good pictures that day. And I posted them on Facebook. I'm like, this is going to go crazy. And, and uh, you know, the papers called me. The first one to call me was our local paper. And, and I told them the whole story. I told them how, you know, I sent them a dozen pictures. And they called me back, called me back an hour later and say, Chip, are you in any of these pictures? I was like, no, I'm, I'm, I took them all, though. And they <laughs> said, well, I know this is, I hope this isn't going to be offensive, but this is just really hard to grasp. I mean, it is a great white shark. Nobody's ever caught one anywhere remotely down here. I've called some scientists. They've never caught one around here. And and uh, they said it's possible. But And so they blatantly said, we're not going to run a story because it's too, we don't believe you. <laughs> and so uh, I called Pavel and and uh, he was like, well, let's do it again. And so I could, I went out again and we, we got a huge one with a, a friend of mine, Troy, and I put my hand on the nose of it. And it was a big one. It was like a, it was like a 14 footer. And I posted that. And then next thing I know, it's like USA Today's calling CNN, Fox, good morning, America. And it just went, and man, it was so crazy. It, it changed my life. That fish did a lot. And, and, uh, and then I, I slowly got better and better at trying to figure out the right leader system and the tackle and the hook and the, if I should chase them down or let, like there's been, it's completely different than any fish I've ever targeted in my life. So it's like, it was like starting over again from scratch. God, it, did it give you, and how long had you been charter fishing at this point? Um, gosh, I guess maybe, let's see, uh, 15 years, maybe 13, wow. 15 years. Of, I, I was a guy and you know, I tell them, I like, I've always been obsessed with sharks. I, I um, um, I've got a couple of records here. I was fishing shark tournaments. I'm a bear. You know, it's not something I'm proud of is killing these things. But back in the day, I was fishing our South Carolina shark tournament. And we were, we had awesome success in that. And so, I mean, I was already crazy about sharks. I mean, I love tarpon and king mackerel and fishing for sales and mahi and stuff. But man, uh, the, the, the repeat business is from sharks. I mean, it, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's night and day. If I go out and catch a, when I would go offshore and catch four or five, six cobia, the people are excited, but you put them on a 12 foot shark, a 12 foot hammerhead, you got them forever. Like they're yeah. going to come back to you for the rest of their lives every year. And they're going to talk about it until we get a bigger one. So it's those big sharks are really, um, it's a, it's been a gold mine, man. And it's been great that I've, I haven't fun doing it too. So that's, that's really um, yeah. cool, man. That story, you know, so many things in that story kind of reminded me of early days of, of my, my guide career where we'd be out tarpon fishing or whatever, or, you know, maybe someplace way out in the Marquesas, you're out there by yourself and the sharks just 
come and just like take your tarpon or whatever. And they're just bull sharks everywhere. And they're, they're, you know, just doing like the same thing. And when you were talking about that great white on a much smaller scale, when I was a very inexperienced guide and got in a situation like that, I remember just like going over and just, it was just a, a overload. And, and it's like, yeah. I'm starting the engine and I'm leaving here because I don't belong here. This isn't, this, this place is not for me. Like yeah. I should, it, everything around me is telling me to leave and I'm going to do that. And even yeah. like you go like for 15 minutes and you just like looking over your shoulder, like, are, are, are they, you know, it's, it's so, it's so weird now to think about it, but you're like, are they behind me? Like you're going 40 miles an hour. Like, are they back yeah. there? Are they coming? Yes, like, yes, yes. you know what I'm saying? Like, and, oh, that, yeah. and, and that's kind of how you were feeling with that great white. Like you didn't even want to reach over and grab the anchor ball. Yeah. Like, Oh, what's going to happen? Is it going to leap out of the water yes. like on, on TV and grab me? Like that is so wild. It was, um, it was so crazy. The, um, the guy I had on for the second one on Super Bowl Sunday, Brian Walsh, this guy's a fighter pilot. This guy's dropped bombs on people. He's been, he's been shot at. He was launching rockets. He's almost died a different, he's top gun, man. I've got him on the boat and we're hooked to this white shark and it's nine o'clock at night. And, and this thing runs and then it starts charging the boat and he completely loses his mind. He's like, Chip, got it. Go, 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 go. It's going to jump. the boat. And, and I'm like, see, now you know what I mean. And then afterwards we ended up losing that fish, but afterwards he, he had some awesome lines. You know, it's always cool getting the perspective of somebody that's raw. That's not in the element, but still is knowledgeable. And he was like, I feel like we're messing with the devil. I feel right. like we're messing with something we shouldn't be messing with right now. I don't, I don't think this is safe. And I don't, I, 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 it just doesn't feel natural at all. And, and he had some really good lines too about how, like, you know, it's in our DNA to be scared to death of something this huge that hunts people. I mean, yes. you get all these conservationists that say sharks don't eat people. Well, they do. There's plenty of times where they've consumed people. That, that tiger shark that just consumed that man in Egypt consumed him. I mean, plenty of times where a white shark, you know, can take somebody's head off, bite somebody in half. So they're, um, you know, they'll, they'll take a person down and you know, these ships that are, these boats are sinking in the middle yeah. of the ocean. They're not drowning. They're, they're in, a, they in the Listen, man, nothing, nothing in the ocean goes to waste. If you spend your, if you spend your life on the ocean, you know that there is nothing that goes to waste. The ocean eats yeah. everything, whether that's yeah. a, a, an A level predator, or it's the, it's the tiny little creatures in the ocean. Everything is consumed. Um, Taylor, I'm very interested in this because uh, after hearing that story from Chip and you see, see, even after all these years and, and, and the emotion that when, when he starts talking about that first shark and, and when you're, when you're looking at this as a filmmaker, how do you think that you are going to capture that emotion and capture that scene in a way that it is, uh, that the viewer is going to understand the kind of feeling that, that, that Chip just described there? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, honestly, my job's the easy part. All I have to do is point the camera because um, everything Chip's doing and just the whole experience um, in itself speaks for itself, um, tells a story. And I think kind of going back to Chip's story and his testimony about, you know, he he put a lot of time and effort into learning how to do that. And you know, nobody just goes out there and uh, spends countless hours in the freezing cold weather um, year after year after year 
Um, just, and, and especially, I, I think what's so impressive is the perseverance. Like you really gotta, um, you gotta have a lot of passion to be able to continue to go out there. And, um, it, it, you know, if, if it's not happening, your natural reaction is to just give up, you know, especially if just it's time after time again, but he just made the decision not to give up. So I think that that's a powerful message right there. He, you know, like you said, he, he finally, he went out there by himself and he got that one to, um, you know, the shark found him, the shark finally found him. And that's when, that's when it changed. Um, and I, I think when you just continue to choose to go after something like that and not give up, it's, it's a, it's a powerful thing. You can apply that to any, anything in life. So I, I think that that message right there is kind of what was captured in the documentary and that speaks for itself. You see Chip's passion, not just for great whites, but just for fishing in general. I mean, I, I, I think you can probably relate to it too, Tom, just, um, when you get out there and experience it, it's, it's, it's unlike anything else when you're chasing fish and, and you're out there in God's creation, it's just, sometimes you can't put it into words, you know, it just speaks for itself. And, and, you know, just being able to, um, I feel blessed that Chip allowed me to come out and, and, and capture those moments. You know, like I said, it, it, my job was the easy part, just pointing the camera. Um, but the whole experience speaks for itself. Mm -hmm. That's super cool. Um, you know, one of the things I was just thinking about there is like, you know, he was, Chip was, uh, determined that he was going to figure this out. And probably in a lot of ways you're doing things the wrong way. And you were, if you had continued doing that, you definitely were not going to figure it out. You make some sort of pivot here and there. And, and whether it's a tarpon or a bonefish or a permit or a redfish or snook or any species that we fish for in the Florida Keys, there has been this moment to where usually by yourself or maybe on a charter, somehow it's kind of accidentally you, you, you learn one little thing yep. that is like a key that unlocks this whole universe of, you know, you were, you were close, but you weren't, you weren't quite there. And you like, you, you, you look at a different area or you go to a different area to fish for a different fish. And then you find what you're looking for. And it's like, Oh, that to me, that's what fishing is all about. That's what charter fishing is all about and making your living doing this and in, in a continual learning process. But when I think about what, what it, what you just described, like what you learned there and the experience that you had there is like the, the ultimate a predator on the planet. You found it and then you get there and you're like, Oh, I don't even know if I want to have found it. Like <laughs> that's, that's it. a, that's a cool, that's a cool kind of, um, a perspective that like, once you find it, you're like, oh damn, maybe I shouldn't have found this. Or yeah. like your, or like your friend was saying, it feels like you're messing with the devil. Like yeah. that. Overall, over you know, at this point, do you feel like that now? How has that feeling changed? It's it's definitely changed. The more I was with that with these fish, the more I learned that they're actually really really intelligent. It's not. You know, I love Jaws, but it's it's nowhere near the animal that they uh, – it's my favorite movie. It's the best. And it's actually, you know, probably the most realistic shark movie still out, even though it's from the 70s. But um, these sharks are so intelligent, and they're not going to do anything that's going to harm their, their eyes, their gills, or put them in harm's way. Like a tiger, a bull, a blacktip, they're, they're kind of like loose cannons. You know, they'll come in and 
crash and bait quick. Well, a white shark comes in and there's a really big thought process there. They swim up to the boat. They'll circle for half an hour and leave. Um, sometimes they take the bait. Sometimes they don't. Sometimes they they realize that something's not right and they disappear. And, you know, it makes me wonder how many I've, that I didn't see, how many swam under the boat that never even, I never saw that just said, you know what, something's not right here and I'm going to go. Um, they're, I definitely feel a lot more comfortable with them, but they're still, I'm still nervous. Like the night before I go, I can't sleep. Cause I know, you know, is this, am I, what, what am I going to see crazy? Cause every time we go out there, especially last winter, we had a really good winter last year where we got one every trip, but one. And Whoa. It, yeah, we had a really good year last year and it was, um, you just never know what you're going to see. Like that first big one I ever landed, it was in March. Um, not the first one, but the first true adult, a jump completely out of the water, not half, not two thirds, came completely out of the water, 40 yards behind the boat. I wish I had a camera for this. And it was just me and my friend Troy came completely out of the water. And it was a like a bus with, I mean, the explosion as he hit. And then what's he do? He comes right at the boat. Uh-huh. Now, if this, if this shark jumps again and jumps in the boat, he's definitely going to sink the boat. This is a 2,400 pound animal. If he jumps in the boat, my 26-foot boat is not going to hold his weight. So after he jumps, he swims right at us, and I just – I don't even put any pressure on him. I don't want him to panic anymore. He swam right at us, went right under the boat, and then flew out the other side off a corner. And then we put the heat back on him. But it's just like, you know, times like that that, you know, all right, you know, like, Tom, you're on the water a lot. You know, a friend of mine had a king mackerel jump in his boat not too long ago, just out fishing, just – one even hooked the king Mac- king mackerel just jumped right in the boat another guy had a tarp and jumped the boat if you go out there enough crazy things happen now the odds of a white shark jumping in the boat are extremely remote because now i know i know what they're going to do i know they're going to take the bait and i'm going to apply the heat when they get a little further down but if they go straight down i'm i'm a little nervous you know i, I right at first initial hit if they go straight down i don't want them to panic anymore because i don't want them to go straight up i had one the biggest male, I think somebody, I think the guys up in Cape Cod may have it now, but they're about, um, about five years ago, we tagged the largest male ever in the Atlantic. It was like 2,500 pounds, 15 footer, um, put a satellite tag on it. But at that point it swam down, it darted down. And then when it came up, he hit the bottom of the boat and he lifted the boat up just a little bit out of the water, a few inches. And it didn't, it actually didn't scare me that bad, but it just like, he just, you know, he just ran straight into the boat going straight up. And um, it, it's a very, but it, but prior to being hooked, extremely intelligent fish. It's the smartest fish in the ocean. It's the only fish I've ever seen where it takes the bait and it'll smoke at 200 yards. And then he'll spin around and come at you just chomping on the leader. Like he knows he's hooked like a dog when you pull on its tail and he comes around and, and starts chomping. Where are these other fish like a a tarpon, a tiger shark, a, a king mackerel, anything, they just go and he's just going to burn out all his energy where that white shark doesn't. He knows, he knows what's going to go, what's going on, man. We hooked a huge one last January and it was the biggest one I hooked last year and we lost it. And it started doing these weird barrel rolls right in the middle of the fight. Not at the beginning, not at the end, in the middle of the fight, it just starts barrel rolling out there and he starts getting real tangled up in the leader. And uh, we ended up losing that one. And it's just, um, it's just, man, they're they're extremely erratic, and but the, they're they're so smart. I, I, I've never seen a fish where I'm chumming hard enough to. Uh, my chum line's got to be four or five miles, and this thing comes in from miles away, and he's swimming right in it, 
and he leaves. He doesn't take the bait. He leaves. That blows my mind. That 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 tells me they know when something's up. When something's not right, they're just going to move on and not and not be that crazy maniac you see on TV or that fish that we know from um, cobia fishing or king mackerel right. fishing or whatever. Or, or, you know, so it's it, it, there's a. I learned a lot about these animals. But yeah, to get back to your question, do I, am I nervous? I'm not nervous like I was. But it's um, I, it definitely gets the hair on my on my neck standing up, man. Just knowing what we could see, and we had a dead whale a few years ago off the off South Carolina, and man, that was like it's in his oceans in um, the documentary, and I just couldn't believe what we were seeing. I mean, we were just seeing these sharks form this whale, and it was a dream come true. It was just, but that really helped me out a lot too because I tell you, man, that gave me such an edge watching those fish swim around this thing all day and seeing what they like, what they don't like, how they react. And I'm throwing a couple baits to them and I started noticing what they liked and what they didn't like. You know, they, they definitely don't want to risk anything. They don't want to risk their eyes. They don't want to, but they also, um, once it, 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 they also don't want to work hard for it. I, they just don't want to expend much energy. They definitely don't want to chase stuff. I mean, it's, it's, it's uh, it was fascinating spending. We spent four days with that whale watching the show, and it was just as much as you wanted. We could have, we could, we ended up just watching more than hooking because figure we can, we can hook white sharks whenever we want. But just to watch the mayhem of these white sharks just destroying this right whale was just it was it was wild. And I had this one side just say, "Why aren't you tagging? Why aren't you hooking these things?" And I was like, "Man, you don't understand. It's it's so cool. I, I remember the first one we hooked off that whale. It dragged us." probably 400 yards off the whale. And I look back at the whale and I see like grenades going off. I see bombs <laughs> going off all over the whale. I'm like, man, we're missing the show. We got to get back over there and see what's going on. Let's hurry up for the tag of this thing and get back. And, and so um, it was, it was just, man, it, it just a dream come true with that thing. That's super cool. I mean, wow. Uh, Taylor, what's been the most uh, challenging part about getting, getting this footage and, and I see you getting in the water. How often are you doing that? Uh, that was a one and done thing. We just, we Ooh, you got it twice. Don't let him lie to you. You got it twice. <laughs> Don't tell my mama. She was the one that told me I can never get back in the water again. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, the most challenging thing, I would definitely have to say, behind the camera, um, Chip was talking about when the when the sharks do go airborne and they breach. Um, it's hard to figure out what's in focus and what's not. You're looking on a flat line and I shoot with DSLRs. So um, camera lens is on there. So um, manual focus, I don't use the autofocus, I use manual. You don't know exactly what's in focus and what's not. So a lot of times when they, when they would come up on top, um, might be just slightly out of focus. And then by the time you get on them, they, they go back down. So I'd, I'd say there, there's a number of times I can think back when we were on that whale that Chip was talking about, I, I think it was that same shark. He put on a show and <laughs> there was one time he went completely out of the water and um, I was just a hair off on the focus. And when I went back and looked at the footage, I was just like, oh no, you know, like, so that was probably from, I guess the camera, from the camera standpoint, that was one of the more challenging things. Yeah. Yeah, and so probably one of the more disappointing ones. So I got so many other questions about this, but what about one of the things that I was wondering, and I know other people are going to wonder about it, is like, what's the legality 
of catching great whites or targeting great whites, and then when you're tagging them, like what what is that with some sort of organization? And if so, where's that information going, and what are they doing with it? So, Tom, I'm going to be dead honest here. So, when I first started, you know, I was trying to trying to catch them there, and when I hooked my first one. A, uh, you know, the paper ran a story and, and I had to lie and say that I'm fishing for sharks. I'm, I just happened to catch a great white shark, highly protected species. And, uh, and then after I caught one, I had a scientist from, from Cape Cod reach out and asked me a lot of questions about it. And I didn't want to disclose what I was doing or too much of it. And, and then after I got the second one, he's like, okay, here's the deal. We have no data of anything in South Carolina. We have nothing. Nobody's catching these things down there. We'll put you on our permit. If you put out our tags, you want it. And I was like, Oh my gosh, this is, you know, an awesome opportunity. I'm going to work with these scientists. And then I have a legit, you know, I can target these things. I can handle these things and I don't have to run around and, and uh, man, it got so crazy down here. I'm not exaggerating. I counted after I got my first one, I got stopped by DNR law enforcement 11 times, 11 straight trips. I got stopped and it was, it was crazy. I was thinking, all right, are they going to get me in Port Royal Sound? Are they, are they going to get me on my way out? Are they going to get me at the dock? Where, uh, where are they? And, uh, and like you get stopped three or four straight times. Like, all right, this is ridiculous. But 11 straight times yeah. I went out. And uh, so um, they didn't know what to do. There's no law down here. So they don't, I haven't disclosed if I'm in state waters or federal waters to, at that point. So they didn't know how to, what to do. So they were just really just going through all my safety gear and looking at what bait I had on the boat. And, you know, uh, that's questionable as well, you know, in their eyes. And so I never got a, a ticket from it, but, um, so then I, I guess, so I teamed up with the Atlantic white shark conservancy and also Greg Scoble that works with, uh, the state of Massachusetts and John Chisholm and John Chisholm, man, he was the first one to reach out and say, Hey, listen, he convinced everybody up there, send this guy satellite tags, send this guy acoustic tags and he can get it done. And then they were like, are you sure Chip, you think you could grab the fin of one of these sharks and drill a hole and put these things in? I was like, yeah, I can do it. They're like, cause up until this point, we thought we had to lift these things out of the water to put a, a, a um, a, a spot satellite tag. I'm like, no, you know what? I can do it over the side of the boat. Are you sure? So they sent me one down to test it. These tags are expensive. Some of these tags are five, one's five grand. The other one's three grand. I'm tying them to my arm to make sure I don't, you know, drop them over the side when we're doing it. And uh, so we satellite tag, we put a satellite tag on one. The first one I caught that was satellite tag, we named it Miss Carolina. And man, it was a huge celebration that night. We went out, we, 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 uh, we, definitely had a good time just because you know a lot of people said you can't satellite tag a white shark without hauling it out of the water and that gets a little questionable because as you know big fish they they're not made to be hauled out you take a two thousand pound fish and put them on a, 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 a on a beach or on a lift they look like a stick of melted butter now i mean if they're pregnant there's no doubt that's that's messing with the, the pot you know so there's i won't go down that road but there's a lot of there's a lot of negative things with hauling a fish out with the laws too. You know, that's why they would don't allow Goliath grouper out of the water yeah. and uh, certain billfish and, and so forth. So, um, so yeah, so I started, you know, tagging these things and Tom, it's been such an advantage on the fishing side. You know, I, I study these things like crazy. I've got two books. I've got a book of skunks and a book of catches. My book, every single time I go out there and get skunked, I'll come back. I write down, 
water temperature, water clarity, wind direction, current direction, what I use for bait and what I saw. Did I see jellyfish, birds, what kind of birds? Did I see turtles? Did I see this? I mean, I, I was really getting a chart down. So I got a book of skunks and a book of catches, and I just kept getting better and better through the years. And then also putting these satellite tags on these sharks, I could see what they were doing, you know, post-release. I could see what their migration was, where they liked hanging out, what they like. And there's been a couple of spots, you know, when I first started catching them, I thought it was just one. I thought I was like, all right, they're just in this one spot. But then as time has gone on, I've tried a few others, and now there's six, eight, six, seven, eight spots that we've had awesome days, like really good days. And I've got, I've got, you know, I'm pretty confident now where they are. The first wave that comes down, the second wave, there's, there's, there's definitely a migration that comes down. And then when the migration comes down, then they all scatter out and then they all start foraging. They all start looking around. So um, we get a, it's, it's, man, it's been awesome, man. It's, and, um, you know, not having a life and not having any kids, not having something that is sidetracked me. It's been kind of beneficial because we've got some really awesome fishermen here in Hilton Head, but they also have kids. They got to go to baseball practice, take their kid to the dentist's office. And, 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 you know, I don't have anything, I don't know why. So when I get skunked, I come back and I look at the computer and I look at the water temperature and I'm like, well, this, and I start thinking where, and, you know, I'll never forget um, last year, I got uh, the time I got skunked. I was so mad because I was really confident. And I came back in, and my another captain, Richard, calls me up and he says, "Chip, you're not going to believe it, but we had one of your pets circling me today." I'm like, "What?" He said, "Yeah, we had a white shark circling me." I was like, "Where are you? Where'd you go?" And I'm like, "Man, why did I not think of that?" And it drove me crazy. And what did I do? I write down the date, the time. I wrote it all down. So now, if I see that same, you know, that same frequency, that pattern again, I can maybe go to where he was, where he was just out there running a charter. So, um, but give, uh, see, you can get me going on all this other stuff, but, but uh, yeah, the satellite data is, is amazing. You know, it, it, it is the, the scientists love it because they're not capturing them. They're driving up to them and hitting them with a the pole that puts an acoustic tag in where we're capturing where you can, you can take blood, you can put, you can put a, a satellite tag on the dorsal fin that gives their location in real time. Um, so it's, it, it is different. Um, you know, my way is probably a little rougher on the fish. I mean, of course it's rougher to catch, but we've never had a fatality, which, uh, you know, I'm, 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 that's probably one of my most proudest achievements is, is, uh, is hooking this many and we haven't killed one yet where, you but, know, other, other organizations have. And, and, um, you know, I did a post mortality study with the state on black tips. We had a couple of die. We, we uh, they don't know all make it, all make it, but the white shark so far, 100%. We're batting a thousand on those, which is That's nice. That's awesome. So you were saying about the, the lift and, and pulling them out of the waters the way some other people do it, and you're doing it differently. Can you describe what you're doing? How, but yeah. then, you, then I was surprised to hear you say that your way was rougher. Like it seems well, like I, the other way is rougher. You're right. You're right. So you got three main guys. There's, there's the guys out of Cape Cod are they've got a plane up and they spot them and they drive up to them and they pop them with a pole to put an acoustic tag in. Now they're also putting some camera tags on them. They're taking muscle tissue. They're doing some stuff. Then you have an, oh, I'm not going to mention their name, but then you have another organization that catches them like with hook, mm -hmm. like I do a much bigger hook and they drags, they drag a poly ball around and then they bring them to a lift. They lift them out of the water. They pull them out for 15 to 20 minutes which is, I mean, that's a long time. Uh, you know, I mean, mm -hmm. three, four minutes with a fish out of the water is a long time. 15, 20 minutes is, I, 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 I'm surprised. I, I'm, I'm really surprised. That's a really long time. 
Um, so they're hauling them out of the water and then they're doing all their stuff to them. They're, they've got a crowd around them working on them and then they lower the, you know, and then they push the fish off. I'm not a fan of that. I, I've, I've, I used to fish shark tournaments. I used to kill sharks. I know how to kill them. You know, unfortunately, I'm, I'm not proud of it, but you pull a big shark out of the water and you lay, let them lay on their liver and intestines like that for an amount of time. You can do that up to about 100 pounds, 150. But when you start getting up to, you know, 1,000 pounds, 2,000 pounds, 3,000 pounds, it's, it's, I mean, I've seen videos with blood coming out the anus. I mean, that's, it's, it's not good. It's, it's, um, I, like I said, I'm proud to say I haven't killed any. And my sharks aren't leaving the area. There's, there's a difference. I've studied their method, um, you know, just like a, uh, like a book. And I've, you know, just looked at, I mean, because I want to capture white sharks. They want to capture white sharks. Everybody, you know, everybody wants to catch them. And um, I'm, I'm happy with what I'm doing. I wouldn't change a thing. Uh, what we you're do doing is, it. You're doing it out of a 26 foot boat. Yeah. Sometimes with you and Taylor, or maybe even you and customers, Right. Yeah. So like what, how did you figure out how to handle these things? It's, it's kind of funny, man. It's uh, it's it, working with those big tiger sharks and hammers gave me a, a heads up, a head start on them. And um, you know, it's these tigers, man, are a thousand pounds, 1500 pounds, some of them. And that kind of it got me a little more um, experience and edge. And what was, I don't know. I, I don't know how much I should, <laughs> I should say. I'm well, I mean, you got to say what you're comfortable saying, you know, I, 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 I don't, don't, I don't throw anybody under the bus, but, um, you know, there's a lot of people said you can't do it. And, and, you know, you know, as well, as well as I do, Tom, the best motivation in, in life is when somebody says you, it can't be done. And I, I remember working with, I was tagging tiger sharks with O-Search and I'll never forget. Chris Fisher called me up and he said, and it was right when I started catching great white sharks. And he said, hey, you're doing a great job, but I'd like to send my experienced fishermen down there to show you how to handle these things. How to handle, what do you think I do for a living? You guys fish, what, six weeks a year? I'm on the water every single day doing two charms a day. What do you, what, like, what do you think? How about I show you how to catch these? Next thing I know, the guys, they tell me the guy's in the hospital with a wounded arm and he's in for a couple of weeks. And I'm like, well, I've never been in the hospital for, none of my customers have even been in the hospital for, you know, a wound. So, it's kind of funny how, you know, how it's, uh, it's all, you know, it, it's worked out this way, but, um, but it's, uh, it's, it just takes a little bit of experience. I've got a lot of people who uh, from Florida to North Carolina have called me and whether it be charter fishermen or just recreation and said, Hey, I want to catch this. What depth are you? How are you doing it? Are you doing this? Are you drifting? Are you, what are you using for bait? And, you know, there's no way you can duplicate what the experience needed to land something that large you can't take a weekend warrior and, and i know this sounds really arrogant but um it's just like me when hunting there's no way i could shoot a deer right now i mean I, i've seen it done but I, there's no way i could go shoot i know nothing about shooting deer or anything but you just can't take a weekend warrior and say okay go go throw out a big chunk of something catch a, and catch a two thousand pound white shark it's not gonna happen that fish is gonna go under the motors he's gonna go around the prop he's gonna go around the anchor the line's going to go up under the boat. What are you going to do in that? I mean, there's so many variables. This this fish is not going to act like you want it to. It's not going to stay out on the horizon and come right to you. He's going to give you the most problems you've ever had in your life because he's huge. He's going to go where he wants to go because you can't stop a 2,000-pound fish. When he wants to go, whether it be right under the props or right under the, the anchor line or off the pulpit, you're going to be presented with a lot of problems that you've never had before. And 
um, and the tackle too. Like I said, I mean, I, I, I think I'm a pretty experienced fisherman and I lost my first three and sharks. I mean, that's what I do. I catch tigers, hammers, bulls. And I, for, I was so mad on the, after the second loss, but then to lose a third one, I was like, I looked at the sky. I was like, God does not want me to catch a great white shark. And it's just, I had to go back to the drawing board and, and put together just bigger tackle and a whole entirely different setup to, to stop one of these things. So um, the interest level of these are, it's it's been a blast man and you know it's it's been so the, the only tough thing is our weather uh it's rough in the winter time so i mean we only get one every seven days one calm day every seven or ten days when they're here so it, it, it's just it, that presents quite a problem um when i have somebody that wants to go or somebody that um wants to film taylor will tell me hey i've got a few days off and it's like man it's it's blowing 20 knots for the next week and a half it looks like and so, um, so the weather is a big obstacle as long as, yeah. you know, as well with the tackle. Well, um, what's interesting too, is like, I mean, I agree with you about, I, I, I've never even seen a great white personally. I'm, that's one of the reasons why it's shrouded in mystery for me. And I, I, that makes it even more interesting, you know, like when you probably the same way when, when you had never seen one, like you're just, you're infatuated with it. You want to see one really bad. And then I see the, the, the tracks from O search and from everybody else. And it's coming right through the keys and it's coming right through where we fish yeah. and it's coming. And it's like, why haven't I seen one? I don't, I don't, I don't, it seems like I would have seen one, but know. who knows? Maybe, maybe yeah. they're under the boat. I don't know. I'm they're, sure they're, that they're I'm sure they've been around, but when we went one time, we, um, we had a particularly problematic hammerhead, uh, at the long key bridge and we went out and I, it's funny cause I had my dad on the show. Um, and this, this hammerhead got his tarpon and the wind started blowing the next day and we didn't have anything to do except for, we were like, well, I guess we could go try to catch that shark. And it's like, well, what would we even use? Like, yeah, so we had to, just like you're talking about, scale up the tackle and get everything ready. And we went out there, and sure enough, I, I hooked it and and was able to catch it. And it was one of, it was definitely the most challenging fish I had ever caught. Um, yeah. Because it was doing things like, when it would shake its head, it would go completely slack. And then it would almost jerk you off your feet. Yes. And I had never yes. experienced that before. And then it's going, you're having a 13 and a half foot hammerhead that goes through the bridge and goes over to the bayside and then comes back through the bridge. And so now you're trying to wire this, this, uh, this shark that's the biggest thing we've ever hooked. And we're trying to make sure that, that it and the boat goes through the same span of the bridge, which would, and the current is ripping. And it was just really, really, really challenging. And I remember telling people, they were like, wow, that's cool. You caught that thing. And I was like, yeah, but that is not for the faint of heart. Like that is not for a client. You wouldn't ever want yeah. to take your client to do that because this was like really advanced and an incredible teamwork that had to go on. And, and I'm imagining that a, a hammerhead like that is probably cake compared to the to the great white you, you'd be surprised it pulls hard like a that hammerhead it, it, it pulls just as hard as a white shark mm -hmm. i mean those things are the only thing different is it's not as erratic but that head shake it's the same it can it, it'll just pull your spine out i mean it'll yeah. it'll it'll pull you off the boat it, it just man it's, it's, it's like whiplash because they do they give yeah. you hope and then they just whip you and it just man it, it's just it's brutal, but it's similar. I, I people ask about it, and I think the closest thing to it is is a hammerhead, just because 
of how a hammer will run and then they'll come around and come at you. A different thought process because a hammerhead won't barrel roll and do all this crazy stuff that a white shark will do. But it, it is, it's close. Those, we got a hammer on Monday that just about killed these people. I mean, it killed me too. I mean, we were battling this thing. It's hot out. I grabbed the leader and I'm pulling as hard as I can. And I just can't move them. And I was like, I told him, I was like, you guys were asking about a white shark. This is it. This yeah. is exactly what it feels like right here. It's uh, they're they're just amazing, man. The hammers are so you know, I, I love catching hammers here in the summertime. But yeah, the white sharks. And I think the fascination is, you know, it's 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 you know, jaws really. I mean, jaws started it, but it's still the king of the ocean. You're looking at a fish that is can get three thousand, four thousand, five thousand pounds i mean we can't if we catch a, a hammer over a thousand pounds it's like holy crap that's a lifetime yeah. fish but but you a thousand pound uh, white shark i mean that's still a juvenile i mean it's still a baby and it's it, it's been such an amazing process this whole thing about learning it about these sharks because tom when i first started fishing for him i thought there was like one or two and, and mm. you know they would put a receiver down there off of uh georgia called gray's reef and they said every year they pick up this one shark that comes through and i'm like We've got one. And if I go out enough, I'm going to catch him. And I just was thinking if I go, but uh, you know, who wants to sit out there all winter long? It's 45, 55 degrees out all winter, you know, and you're sitting there watching water go by. But I really didn't think there was one or two. And now after time has gone by, we have thousands of them out there. We've got so many white sharks swimming off South Carolina, Georgia, Florida in the winter. It, it, it blows my mind. This is how many we have. Dr. Scomo has tagged about, uh, I know I'm going to get it wrong, let's say about 220, 240 white sharks. He's tagged with an acoustic tag. I've seen about 100 of them down here, but I've yet to see any of his. So, if, But 100% of his are coming down here. Not half of them, but 100% of his sharks are, are swimming in the south. And if I've seen 100, 100 white sharks so far, and I haven't seen it, we've got to have thousands of them. I mean, it's wild. And there's, I tell you, something else I thought was really cool is, you know, that we're taking DNA from these things. And we've learned that through DNA, all these sharks are coming from like a handful of white sharks. Hmm. They're not coming from a hundred of them. They're coming from the same handful of parents that are responsible for all these white sharks down here. How big are these things? How big are these white sharks? They're not coming into the inside of the Gulf Stream. They're out in the middle of the ocean. We don't know where they where they're breeding. We've got an idea where they're pumping, but they're the they're. It's so fascinating to dive into that of how how big is really out there. So What's you're thinking like what what you mentioned before was you caught one that was 15 feet long. It was 2,500 pounds. So do we have any idea of the age of that? particular fish they, they're guessing around i don't know uh, that one i'm that one i would guess it i don't know 30 or 40 i'm ballparking it but they say these white sharks get up to 70 years old but also tom like we don't know what's out there past the ledge you know like all these white sharks we catch are from the gulf stream on all the satellite tags i put out they're they're going up and down the coast but they never they will not go outside that gulf stream ledge Wow, they won't go out there, and I think they won't go out there because of fear. I think so, I think they're scared of being eaten. Because so, 
is it possible that that inside the ledge and what we're catching and the things that you're describing is the size of a bus and and that scared you so bad you had nightmares that this is you're actually just fishing in the nursery and that yes. there there's megalodon I mean, you know, you hear about megalodon, but maybe there's a real life megalodon way out there that. Well, there's not a real life megalodon, but there's but, there's I mean, a out real there. life great white that is like bigger exactly. than anybody could imagine. Yes, there's definitely white sharks. I'm I, I'm not one of these conspiracy theorists. It's crazy, but just from doing this and looking at the satellite stuff, and there is no doubt we have great white sharks and somewhere out in the middle of the Atlantic that it would blow people's minds. I guarantee there's a dozen of them, 5,000 pounds or more. Wow. Guarantee it. Guarantee Is there a way? Is there a way um, that you could mount an expedition to, to fish for them? It would be really, tough. I mean, getting way out there, that's like a, that's like a, 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 you know, a giant ship. Like, that's not. You know, <laughs> it would, it would take a huge, it would take a, a, a carnival cruise ship to go out there and, and spend. I mean, you got to go out. 300 miles and, and either drift or somehow get to the bottom and sit and sit out there and chum with a dead whale. I mean, dragging a dead whale out would do it. If you, if you could get your hands on one of those and drag it out 200, 300 miles and, and, and sit See, on that. I already know. I already know how your mind works because my <laughs> mind works the same. I, you've already looked into, could we rent a carnival cruise ship and where can I get my hand on a great whale on a dead whale? <laughs> I already know how you work. Like that's, yeah, that's yeah, it is, man. I, I, I want to, um, you know, man, Frank Mundus is the king. He, uh, he was the first one to catch these things, but I really want to get one larger than his. And it, it's, I guess that's just pride or ego, whatever you want to call it. But I'm a fisherman. I'm not a scientist. And, you know, you always want to catch the big, I'm not killing them. I'm just putting satellite tags, but I, I would love to, he got one that was 3,400 pounds and we got one on new year's Eve about six years ago. And it was 16 foot, which are estimated around 3000 pounds. And, and um, the video and the pictures are terrible. We didn't land until 10 o'clock at night in the rain and it was just me and two people, me and my buddy Mark and, and this girl Haley. And, and uh, we, it was blackout. Like we got, I got video and pictures of it, but it's just not enough to, but I know how big it was. I, I mean, I put a tag in, it's got an acoustic tag and we named it Lane Sign and it's enormous, man. It was, it was such a huge fish. We're out, man, that, that day. But, um, and that's, I mean, I'm still just scratching the surface. You got to remember, I'm only fishing for these things. 10 times, 12 times a, a winter because the weather here is so bad. If I could go out there every single day, like we do in the summer, man, we, who knows what's out there, but, but there is something there because the, with the small ones, the average white shark we're catching is nine to 11 feet long, which people are like, Oh my gosh, it's a big shark. It's a baby. It's still a juvenile. It's a baby. It's not, it's not even an adult yet. So we're all these adults. Well, these adults are, are the majority of them are hanging out there in open ocean because their diet changes when they're small, they're eating fish. When they're, when they're juvenile pups, they're eating fish. And then once they become adults, they change their diet to mammals, which is whales, dolphin, turtles, um, you know, our turtle population, they got to love that, you know, that's blowing up with everybody saving the turtles. So that's been really beneficial for the tigers and the white sharks. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, so it's, it, there's a lot out there that's unknown. It's and, really, uh, it's really interesting to, to go to the places, to the websites where you can look at the great white shark, tracks of the tags yeah. oh search is one of them uh how would you see the tracks of the sharks that you're catching or so, um, the, the uh the app that i all my sharks are on are it's called sharktivity 
Um, but I gotta be honest, they're not gonna lie. It's like, this is a common, these people are, are not in the, they don't like publicity, major publicity. Like, you know, I think O-Search is all about the media where the Atlantic White Shark Conservancy in the state of Massachusetts, they want science, they want data. So I don't think they're really, they don't put the energy that O-Search does in like, they're more interested in getting that DNA and seeing where it came from and let's Mm -hmm. do this and let's do that. And so it completely different. And I've worked with both now. So, you know, it's just, they're they're night and day. And um, either way, there, there is some data. I mean, even like if you could just watch one shark, I remember when O-Search published their first tag that they had and you could go there and you could look at where it goes and it went like my family always uh vacation in debadoo in Polly's island south carolina well we've been surfing and fishing and swimming in that water forever and there it goes right up the beach up into the into the the river you know it comes back out and it's like whoa that's a yeah. that's a that's Jaws right there. It came it, right where I was familiar with, and then you have others that come into the Keys, go right through Key West Harbor, all of these places. But then the interesting thing is like there's tremendous activity up and down the coast, but then it goes way out into the Atlantic all of a sudden. Yeah. Like, and I'm sure you know when I look at that as a fisherman, I'm like, well, somewhere along the line, the the food changed. And they had to change. So I don't know if they came from the Atlantic in and then do all this activity or whatever. But, I mean, hundreds and hundreds of miles there and then goes all the way up to Nova Scotia, all the way down to, you know, South Florida, way out into the Atlantic. I mean, like... That is just fascinating behavior. I don't care if you're a bird watcher or you're you're a fisherman or something, but to when you have a, a, a something that you're interested in, and then you, you 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 know it comes through your area at a certain time, and then some, by some technology or something, you can actually figure out where this thing is going, and it blows you away at the at the the vast distances that this particular animal is covering. It's so yeah. fascinating. It is. It's really fascinating. And we just had a couple of them go down to the Florida Keys, your neck of the woods, circled Key West, like went around Key West, go, goes to Pensacola, spends, a, I don't know, a month or two in Pensacola, and then comes out, swims back around Key West, takes the same track, and goes all the way to Nova Scotia. What? That, yeah. Are you kidding me? I mean, what is that, that about? That's absolutely wild. They're covering that much ground. That thing went from... Uh, cold weather to hot weather to crystal clear to murky water. I mean, they are traveling. It's almost like they're 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 too big for this earth. You know, yeah. they're covering so much ground, so much water. Um, I mean, you know, to them, only- like when when you look at like a a wolf and and like now they've tagged wolves and stuff like that. And you'll have a wolf that'll go from Washington State to Yellowstone National Park in a, about the time that you might drive there. I mean, like. Because you would drive and spend the night and then go, that wolf just keeps going. And, and it's just going, you know, 13 miles an hour from Washington State all the way into to Montana. And it just boggles your mind. Like, how in the world can a creature go that far? But to the wolf, that's not very far, probably. I mean, you know, that's like normal. So to the great white shark, to go from Key West to Nova Scotia, uh, you know, that's just, a, that's just what we do. 
Like that's, yeah. I don't know. I mean, to us, it, it blows us away because like, that's like a long airplane ride, <laughs> like, yeah. you know, yeah. but to, to the shark, that's like what they do. So, uh, we're going to need to wrap this up. I know you guys got other things to do, but, uh, Taylor, what do you think, uh, you, you guys have any plans for, for future films or is there something that, that happens out there that you haven't been able to capture that you're really trying to, or are you interested in, in, uh, going out there this time of the year where Chip's super busy catching all these other, other sharks? Like what, what's going on with the, on the film front? Yeah. Uh, we've, we've talked about it a little bit and obviously, um, if the opportunity presents itself, we'll definitely, you know, we'll definitely have the camera on board, but God, you know, Chip, he's, he's mentioned several times he's trying to get the big one. Um, mm -hmm. he's, he's going after, um, what'd you say, Chip, like 18, 18 foot. Yeah. I want to get, I want to take down Mundus. <laughs> I want to get, I, you know, we've hooked some giants that we lost and, uh, man, there's a few out there that just drive me crazy that I think about. So, you know, yeah, I mean, a goal is I want, I'd love to have an 18, 19 foot or something like that here. And, uh, if I could have Taylor on the boat for that, that'd be awesome. But you just never know when it's going to happen. It could happen in December, January, February, March. You, you never know. Or do I need another dead whale for that to happen? Or so yeah, that's definitely, definitely a goal. Mm. Yeah. Wow, man. So, so cool. And, uh, so the great white, uh, trips are probably severely limited, mostly by the weather. Uh, you're saying you're only getting out there maybe 10, 12 times on a really good year. Um, but there's also many other opportunities to fish where you're fishing double days every day right now. So tell, tell everybody how they could, uh, fish with you if they wanted to, um, or at least get on the schedule for the future. Yeah. I mean, uh, you just can't, you give me a call and I'll let you know what my schedule is. Typically this time of year, I'm booked about two months out. I get a cancellation every once in a while and, and I can put you in, but usually two months and man, from, from end of April all the way to Halloween, I think is a great time. I love fishing September and October, September starts, you finally start seeing a little bit of daylight where it's not so blazing hot. And then October, gosh, man, October on the water here, we get these big bull red fish. There's still a couple of tarpon around the big tiger sharks are in, in shore. Um, man, we, October is really, really hard to beat. It, it's, I love October, but yeah, June, July and August are always crazy. We catch, um, you know, sharks on a, we get a, we get a pretty big one every trip. Uh, I mean, whether it be a, a it, it, most of my charters, they want a big shark. They want something huge. So we'll either get a, a bull, a tiger, hammer, lemon, something, something like that. Um, but I also kind of size it for my customer. If I get a couple of frail people on, I, I can't put out the, normal pot roast size bait because I don't want to really, you know, tell them, I don't want to fight this thing. I gotta, right. I gotta still, I gotta pull the anchor and you find them. They the wind them. I can't. <laughs> there was one time last year I had Dr. Scoble and Megan Winton on the boat and we, uh, a, a film, we had a film crew on the boat and we hooked this thing was like an 11 footer and Dr. Scoble's fighting. He's like, okay, Chip, I need a break. And I start fighting this thing. I'm getting exhausted. And by the time we get this thing to the boat, I get a rod back to, to the doctor and I grabbed the leader and I'm so tired. I can't even pull up. I, I'm, I'm just whipped. And then I was like, I was thinking, this is why I don't fight these damn things. This is, it's a lot of work. It's really tough. Yeah, it is. It's, yeah, uh, it is. There's no doubt. Test that's the, that's the saying that the, the keys guides, especially when you pull up to a amberjack spot or something like that. It's like, I find them, you wind them. 
Like don't be yeah. handing, don't be handing the rod to me. <laughs> I've got plenty of these things. It's it's all up to you. Um, but that's so cool. Um, so much fun. Uh, I would love to do this again, man. I mean, we didn't even scratch the surface of uh, so much of the things that I wanted to talk about. But your your enthusiasm is in, is is contagious, and uh, it's so cool to to you know. I don't care if I talk to a guy that that is so into bonefish or so into permit or whatever, but it's just being around somebody that is that is so interested and so obsessed with learning everything that they can possibly learn about that species and getting just slightly better every single day. And that's what I, that's what I get from you. And man, that's, that's, that's the mark. That's the well, mark of, of somebody that's, that's great at what they do is, is, you know, you, because there's honestly, the failure rate is way higher. I mean, especially when you factor in the weather, like the failure rate has to include days that you're ready to go, but the weather does not allow it. And, and that's the most frustrating failure is like, you didn't even get a chance, but that's, yeah. that's a failure, right? But yeah. it's, it's the person that can continue to do those. And then, then I just love that, the idea of just, just unlocking those, those mysteries that now it's like wide open, like you learn something that allowed you to now find these things consistently. And then your record keeping is fascinating and all of that. So, uh, I mean that, that anyone that's, that's listening to this, whether you're interested in, in, uh, catching sharks or, or, or not, some people are, don't have any desire to catch a shark, but yeah. if you are searching for the bonefish or the permit or, or the tarpon or whatever, I mean, listen to what he's saying about the record keeping and what he's paying attention to and what he's writing down. And for, for the inshore fishermen, it would be the tide for certain, the wind, the sun, the time of the year, the temperature, the water temperature, the type of birds you're seeing, the, the, you know, the cloud cover. All of those things are incredibly important. And, and uh, I found it interesting to hear just like what you chose as your categories of the things that you're, that you're writing down, the clarity of the water, all of these different things in the time of the year. And, and then if you do that long enough, man, you know, you can probably make some correlations to, okay, well, tomorrow's the day. Like everything's lined up and I know exactly where I'm going. And yeah. then when that all comes together, and you forecasted this thing that you th that you've never been to this spot, but you like forecast this because of all of this stuff that you put together. And you're like, man, I've never actually been there, but everything is pointing to that being the the, the spot. And when that comes together, that is dude, nothing, whether you catch them or you don't, but they show up yeah. and you've put that together. That is like, to me, that's, that's better than catching them. That's like, you've now, been able to replicate it and that's you know catch them or not now you can do it over and over and over again that's so cool You're, you said it man you said I, I really appreciate the kind words but you you said it there was no better feeling there was one time when we got skunked and we got skunked and we got skunked and then i had taylor and a guy come in town and i said you know what we're gonna go fish a place i've never fished before we're gonna go to this spot I, my sharks have pinged there a couple of times i want to go check it out and, and, but it was like a shot in the dark and we went and that was the craziest day of my life. It was, it was one of the, one of the craziest days of my life. That was the day we hooked seven in one day. And it was Whoa. a spot we never fished before, never been to. And, and it was like, it was wild, man. It was just one, every hour we hooked up and it was getting, they were getting bigger through the day, but we call the, the biggest one was the last one. And my guys were so exhausted. Taylor was on the boat for that one. In fact, I think that was the trip where Taylor got in the water too. And it was, uh, 
it was a Tom, like you said, man, there's nothing, you know, it's really cool to be on the water, but you know, it's a whole nother animal to be somewhere where nobody's ever tried something. And then to, to, uh, you know, to hit a home run, man, I was walking on water that night coming nice. in and, and so it was, cool. it was probably, it's probably the highlight of my career. I mean, that was really cool, man. That was a lot of fun because yeah, yeah. we, as many times as we get skunked when we think, you know, there's so many times where I'm like, Oh, we're going to get it today. Today we're going to get it. We go out there and we don't see a fin. We don't see anything. And, and the water isn't right. You know, just, it's not always great. You know, you get skunked sometimes. And yeah, that day we hooked seven in a place we never fished before. It was like, Oh my gosh, <laughs> I, could, I feel like I could talk about that for an hour. That's that cool. Really cool. We'll, we'll talk about that on the next one. Taylor, I'm going to leave you with the last question. And that is after hearing what, what these trips are like and you're, you're preparing to go out there. What do you take on the boat? Like you might be out there all night. Like that's how it sounds. You might be out there all night. It might be cold. It might be raining. Like I, if I were going, I think I'd take a whole backpack full of stuff. Like I'm going to have food. <laughs> I'm going to have water. Like Chip seems like he could go without food or water for like six days if there was a shark involved. <laughs> but for everybody else, like you need like a couple of extra sandwiches. You need like, what all do you need? What do you take when you go out on one of these things? You could be out there for three hours and call it quits, or you could be out there for 30. Well, the f first thing I, I got to, say to that is like chip it blows my mind every time he he brings about enough to keep keep a bird alive i don't know how he does it <laughs> i think he's just like surviving off pure adrenaline um but i when i when chips first started inviting me out i kind of overpacked like with food and camera gear too like I was bringing everything but the kitchen sink. And then I kind of realized like after a while, I'm like, I'm bringing too much, you know, but to answer your question. Um, yeah, you're right. I mean, you really don't know how long you're going to be out there. So you want to like pack for the long haul because you heard Chip talk about sometimes they're out there till midnight. If it's a big one, you know, fighting, fighting the shark till midnight. So you want to bring maybe an extra pair of clothes just in case if you get wet, um, because it's, it's cold, you know, and if you, you happen to get wet, um, it's not going to dry out anytime soon. So, um, and plenty of food, water is really important. Uh, you got to stay <laughs> hydrated, but, um, yeah, you, you want to, it's, it's better to need, need it or it's, I don't know. It's just better to bring what you need, you know? Yeah, man, I can see it. I can already see it. Like, I can't believe you didn't mention it. You didn't mention what I thought he was going to say. Let me tell you about Taylor. This is what, <laughs> what a great guy, this guy. When we're not catching a fish, when it like, when it's slow and, and nothing's happening and there's no birds, you look at the front and he's sitting, you know, we're waiting for a great white shark, the baddest fish is from the ocean. He goes to the front and sits down and starts reading the Bible. How about that? How about them apples? Huh? Nice. Yeah, he's preparing. I, I mean, he's pre he, after the first one he saw, he's like, "Okay, this is this is time well spent here." <laughs> yeah, he, uh, he goes up there and starts taking notes, and and uh, you know everybody on the boat is like on edge, and they're just their head is on a swivel, and he goes up there and opens up his Bible. So he's um yeah, which is always good to have on the boat, you know, for so, sure. Thinking right, <laughs> for sure. You know, the Man. ocean's always a quiet place, and um, it's always been a quiet place. For me to go i mean a lot of times we'll be out there and and we'll have conversations but there'll be other times where there's times of silence and that those times of silence are actually good because we're listening to everything around us we're listening to the waves you know crash against the boat and we're listening to the wind 
scream between the lines. And, um, you know, it's just like sometimes silence is good and it's a good place to go and think. Um, but one thing's for sure. I think my favorite part about the whole experience is just watching Chip. It's so fun watching somebody kind of like what you said, Tom. It's so fun watching somebody who loves what they do there. It's not a job. It's a, it's a lifestyle. They're passionate about it. And, uh, you know, when they, when they invest that special part of them into something like that, it's really cool to just watch them do their thing. And I've learned a whole lot from Chip, um, just not just about fishing and being an angler, but just like a lot of life stuff too. Like you can apply a lot of the stuff to different areas of life. And it's been, it's really cool. It's been really cool getting to know him. He's, he's, he's a pretty amazing, amazing guy for sure. I can, I can see that. I hope to uh, share a boat with you one day. That would be, that'd be amazing. Um, but anyway, Absolutely. guys, uh, this has been fantastic. One of my favorite ones that, thus far. I, I kind of expected it to be that way, and I'm glad I continued to pursue. Uh, like Chip said, he's he's working every single day, and uh, so if you do text him or call him to go out on a charter, be patient. He will he'll get back with you, but it might be like in uh, October. <laughs> Man, thanks for having me on, Tom. I like like I said, I mean, I watched you on TV for so long just take just just recording all that stuff and man you put together some awesome shows so thank you you know it's, it's an honor to be sitting here talking to you and telling stories so man well, thanks again I think let's do it again let's go make some stories that would be amazing yeah, let's I, would, do it, man. I, I mean Absolutely. i want to come and and see one of those great whites i will i will burn <laughs> up the night driving there if you if you I, and I'm, I'm i don't have to catch it i just want to see it like, yeah, i'll be yeah. the deckhand i can drive the boat i can do whatever I'm I'm good at that. I will bring more food than than uh, Taylor. I promise you that. But I I I just want to see one one time in my life, and and it sounds like you're the man. So, all right, we'll we'll make that happen one of these days. I hope. But guys, thank you very much. I appreciate it. And uh, go check them out on their 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 videos, their films, and their social media. You will like it as much as I do. I think. All right, that's it. We'll see you next week.